You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. We welcome you once again to Open Court with Jay Young, your one-stop podcast destination for all things Fairfield basketball. Along with the coach, I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. And we are also pleased to be joined today by Fairfield Sophomore Center's Supreme Cook and the Stags certainly with some needed breathing room after playing what amounted to uh, an NBA schedule, five games in nine days, and now just three regular season games remaining before the MAC tournament begins. And Jay, you have that gauntlet of games behind you. Um, I know the record isn't what you want it to be at this point. So what are the most important things to recapture right now, the things you saw the team do well during periods of uh, the season up to this point and the things essentially you need to, to bottle up in time for, uh, for the postseason as you get ready also for these last three games? Yeah, thanks, Bob. Um, I, I don't know if it's any one thing specifically. We certainly – uh, have to have consistency on both ends of the basketball. We got to uh, be a much more consistent offensively for sure. Uh, and then we got to capture where we were defensively at the end of the last season. I, I told the team that's the biggest difference this year that we have not been able to consistently, uh, you know, improve defensively like like I thought we would, uh, and I, like I still think that we're capable of. So uh, I don't know if I could pinpoint say you know, it's, it's one thing, uh, different things have failed us at different moments, whether it's been offensive, defensively, free throw shooting. So, uh, we're going to have to do everything better, uh, these last couple of weeks and head into the tournament, uh, if we want to continue to keep playing. So if we were to put it this way, uh, it w- if it was a line graph last year and we were looking specifically at the way the team was playing defense, Last year, that that line was continuing to will go up in your view. Mm-hmm. This season, is it fair to say that line would be more of a zigzag? Is that fair? Yeah, that is fair. Uh, we we just have can had some very very good moments uh, defensively. We came out of the Niagara, Niagara Niagara game. I'm sorry, thought that was one of our better defensive nights, and then we, you know, two nights later were not good against Canisius and. Uh, you know, certainly had good moments in Manhattan, good moments in, in St. Peter's, uh, but just have not been consistent on that end of the floor uh, to where I we need to be if, if we want to make another run here. Jay, um, I'm not trying to be critical or put blame anywhere, but are you satisfied, like, with the things you run on offense? Like, I am going to say this. I saw a lot of – Bob and I both went to the St. Peter's game. Obviously, we were in broadcast. So a lot of open shots that weren't made. At the end of the game where you watch film, are you looking to run new things or are you just standing there saying, you know what, we got to make shots? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, our offense has improved. Every number has improved from where we were last year, and, and uh, it's gotten better. Our shot making has been inconsistent from everybody. Uh, so that's been frustrating. And at the end of the day, if you're going to win games, you got to make shots. But uh, I, I don't think it's what we're running. Some, you know, sometimes I don't like the flow of what we're doing, and we got to cut harder, screen better. I think every coach will probably look at tape and say that type of stuff. But um, you know, we've been inconsistent with shot making during the year, 
and uh, we we've just got to be better. You know, when, when you know, if you look at our numbers and wins and losses, uh, the splits are dramatic. Uh, they shouldn't be as dramatic as they are. Obviously, when you lose, you're not going to usually play as well as when you win. But we have dramatic splits, uh, especially offensively, when when that happens. So uh, it's been a, an issue all year, and uh, we got to be more consistent when we do get an open look to make them. Okay, so this question has nothing to do whether you make them or not, but just a general knowledge. How often do you put new plays in, and are you working on like new plays as you approach the playoffs? Is that part now that you've had like a you know few days of practice, are you starting to look towards the playoffs? Yeah, we'll put something in, uh, almost something for every single game uh, that we've seen via scouting that we think we can get some action out of. We'll add something. And, you know, our play sheet is probably, I don't know, I, I just have to take guess 30 plays or something like that. And then we'll come into a game specifically with stuff that, you know, we won't run 30 in the game. We'll run, we'll have a group of seven to eight to 10 sets that we think are going to be appropriate for that game. But we always kind of throw in a different wrinkle. Sometimes it's an out-of-bounds play. Uh, we added an out-of-bounds play for Iona that, that we didn't get anything out of. Um uh, but it's it's always something like that. It's either an out-of-bounds play or, or a wrinkle offensively that we usually put in for a specific game. Jay, if I can uh, be devil's advocate, so to speak, because you and I have spoken about this, and I know the answer, but if when I speak to Fairfield fans, uh, the one thing I get often is, uh, how come Jay doesn't play or doesn't play at all zone defense? Now, again, I know the answer, but I'd like you to address that topic because I know it's a point of curiosity among many Fairfield fans. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I like teaching man-to-man. -man. I feel we're good at teaching man-to-man. -man. Um, I also feel that you've got to be uh, really good at something uh, rather than be, uh, you know, bad at other things. And, and honestly, you know, I, I've said this, there are a thousand ways to win. Uh, there have been teams that play only man-to-man -man that have won national championships. There have been teams that play only zone that won national championships. So I, I never, I never get to feel it's, it's what you're playing on the defensive end. It's, it's how you're playing. Um, we've had very good moments man-to-man -man and, and not so many good. So it's, it's kind of what I believe in. It's, it's, uh, it's what we do uh, and, and we're going to continue to do so. And I use this as an example, I think, there was a thousand, probably a thousand, but I don't read them. Any message boards of wanted me to uh, play zone last year uh, when things were going bad. And if we did that, I don't believe we would ever made that run where we were so good defensively in, in the tournament and got to the finals. So, uh, you know, uh, I believe in it. Uh, sometimes you got to be secure enough in what you do to lose with it. That's happened to us before, but uh, I'd rather be good at something than, than just kind of bad at, uh, different things. And, and that's how I feel. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. And that's what we're going to continue to do. Got it. And um, let's bring in Supreme and Supreme. Uh, I wanted, wanted you to describe where you felt the team had gotten to when you hit that nice stretch, uh, impressive wins over Niagara and Kinesis. And, and then it got away, went the other way. So from your perspective, what were you feeling as a team when it was going well there for that stretch and, and how do you think the team can get it back? Uh, during that stretch, I thought we were all 
all coming together and starting to play off each other really well. And uh, I, I just thought that um, that we were just all just looking out for each other and just, just playing our hardest. Uh, to get back into that, I feel like we have to focus more. I think that sometimes we tend to lose focus of of the end goal. And we kind of like think of ourselves or think about something else. And we all just need to focus on winning if that's what, what we really want to do. This this week, look, this goes without saying. You guys have gone through a uh, very challenging stretch uh, of the schedule with all those games in such a condensed period of time. Uh, how welcome is this week in terms of getting that focus that you just referred to, uh, get it recaptured again? I think this week is really important. Uh, you know, we're coming off a long stretch of games. Uh, some games we played good, some games we played bad. And uh, I think this week is just a, a moment to take in the entire week, see what we did wrong, see what we did right, and just, just try to reconvene together. So I, I would think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Coach Young and the staff with this with these days off and now three games left and in the playoffs, this is a whole new season now for you, okay, mm -hmm. and you can make a run. Is there anything individually that you're working on differently or the same you've been working on all year to help the team win? Uh, firstly, I have to become better at the free throw line. I've been struggling these past couple of games. Uh I've noticed that, and I'm trying to work on it. It's been a, a mental thing for me. So I feel as though if I become a, a better free throw shooter, that'll help the team. Uh, another aspect I can uh, improve on, probably my uh, my ball screen coverage. I know I've been struggling with that too. And I feel like that's going to be like very important going into the tournament. And, now, and if I can uh, just become better at that, I know for a fact that I'll be able to, to help the team. Uh, ball screen coverage, and it, it's it's. Um, I think it's really good that you recognize a lot. Of, a lot of people in anything can't look in the mirror and realize what they need to get better at. What's your problem with ball screen coverage? Are you not reading the play, or you're not you're not remembering the scouting report, or you're not reading reads, or what do you think is the one thing in ball screen coverage that you have to do? I feel as though I have to be more more, just make better decisions and make a like good calls. If I know, if I know, um, I know I have to be up to touch. I know I have to do all of that stuff, but what it comes down to is just being able to make the right decision at the right time. Jay, um, we just talked to uh, Supreme and you earlier about this, this tough stretch of the schedule. Now it's understandable that maybe you hit a physical wall toward the end there, especially in the second half of that Iona game. Not trying to make excuses, but it would be understandable because there were so many games uh, in such a short period of time. But how about the mental aspect of it? Do you ever fear the fact that maybe the team gets a little mentally exhausted? How aware do you have to be of that? Is it a factor at all? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I actually think it's a bigger factor than the physical part of it. Um, I think we're, as coaches, you're uh, – you're always wondering where their minds are at and, and uh, where they are mentally much more than they are physically. The physical part of it is the easy part to figure out. You know, your guys are tired. They're, you got a trainer, you've got a strength coach and, and you've, you know, can see that with your, 
with your own eyes of whether you need to dial back practice or, or whatever. But I think it's the mental aspect. that's the toughest to figure out where you guys are, um, where their heads at, you know, especially when you go through some losing, uh, that's, that's the easy part. I think when you're winning, uh, you know, trying to figure out your guys mentally is, is certainly a lot easier, but, uh, we got a really high character group of guys that I get the fortune enough to coach every day. And, and they've been great. They were great today in practice. They, we do what we do. We watch film, we try and correct our mistakes, but uh, absolutely to answer your question, it's, I, I think coaching is much more of that than it is the physical part of it. Well, it's a good segue then for, I mean, Supreme has been consistently good. Um, Caleb green, the last 17, 18 games has been really good. Um, and Jalen Leach, how do you handle a guy like Jake Wojcik, who we've seen what he can do, and then lately he's really been in, struggling with his shooting, especially. How, how do you how do you talk to him about the, those uh, those uh, topics? Yeah, I just uh, constantly reminding them that he's a good player, and that uh, winning is impacted on so many different ways other than shooting. And uh, to try and have him focus much more on those other areas. Um, you know, how is his defense? Can he help us rebounding? Can he be a better communicator? And, and really, honestly, Joe, just forget about makes and misses. Try and take good shots. Um, get something easy for yourself early. Um, and that way you won't, you know, kind of start thinking about okay, now I got to make one or make two here just to get to 50% for the game. I think some of that, you know, with Jake is we just got to get him a couple easier shots and um, early in the game. But I, I think all the guys will tell you is, is you know, I want him to take good shots. And, and uh, if Jake was 0 for 11 in the game and he didn't take the 12th one that was a good shot, yeah, I'd take him out um, mm. and tell him he has to shoot. So I have complete confidence in our guys. Um, we – you know, uh, shot selection when you're going uh, when you're going poorly has to be better at times because you get you need to you need to take. You, it's like I always say, you got to swing at some strikes. You know, if you're in a batting slump, you got to swing at strikes, and it's the same thing in in basketball. When you're when you're slumping a little bit, you got to really take a look at your shot selection, try and get yourself a couple easy things. Supreme, uh, circling back to what Coach was just talking about a few minutes ago about how it's hard for him and and his staff to maybe gauge where players are at mentally, especially when you hit a, a losing stretch. If you were to tell coach young where you're at right now, mentally, uh, where are you? And, and is it a struggle sometimes, uh, you know, beyond the physical aspect of making sure you can, uh, keep that mental focus up to par. Yeah. Uh, mentally, uh, I'd say I'm at a, at a good place mentally. I know we're just coming off a loss, but that doesn't like make me think any different of where we can be or what we can do. I know it's going to take a, a lot of work to get there, but mentally I, I'm still in it. I know we can win. I, I know we can do so much more. And Jay, it's been a while since uh, you've had extended time in, in the gym. So what are you uh, going to spend time uh, or have you done? I know you had to get the guys some time off, but now you get back to work. So what are you going to work on this week? W what's the breakdown of time spent on just doing your own stuff and specifically getting ready for Manhattan on Sunday? 
Yeah, so this was practice 77 for us uh, today, you know, and uh, I said to the guys, we've got six left with three games in there, and there's not a lot you're doing now. We got in the gym today, and we did a ton of shooting um, and really just didn't want to do any contact. What we gave him yesterday off, it was such a brutal week for us that we gave him yesterday off. We did a, a lot of offensive stuff today just without contact. We'll practice tomorrow you know, have a real practice full speed and start to do some Manhattan stuff, get an early jump on them. We'll give them Thursday off again because it has by NCAA rules because we didn't give them, we only gave them one day off during that stretch because of the games being back-to-back. We have to give them another day off this week, so they'll get that on Thursday. And then we'll go Friday, Saturday, kind of like our typical two-game prep before uh, Manhattan. So, that, you know, there's there's less drills for sure. Your, your drilling part of it is, we, we still throw some in in practice, but your drilling part is kind of at the point where that's uh, winding down and it's much more prep, much more uh, strategic stuff and, and that type of thing right now at, after 77 practices. Let's talk about that Manhattan game that's coming up. Um, now, I know since you played Manhattan last week, you've also played St. Peter's and Iona, but, you know, that Manhattan game was a buzzkill game in, in, in certain regards because it stopped your – your winning streak, you would beat Niagara and Canisius. And then they come along, they get you. And I know that the free throw line was a big, big point of emphasis going into that game. They end up making 30 free throws in that game. So I know that's certainly remaining a top line, you know, focus as you get ready for them again on Sunday. But what are some of the other things? And I'm, I'm dwelling on Manhattan because this is the kind of game that can point you back in the right direction if you avenge that, avenge that loss on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the free throw line was just, uh, for us, was was the difference in the game. Um, so we got to do a much better job of, of uh, obviously not fouling, but it was the type of fouls. We, we accumulated too many uh, too many fouls early that got us to the bonus too quickly. Uh, we knew we were going to, uh, especially when you we got a guy like Perez there who draws so many fouls and their free throw rate was huge. We knew that we were going to be tested in that regard. So what you can't do is you can't have the screening fouls or the over the backs or the backcourt fouls that accumulate it. Now you're in the bonus instead of being in the bonus with four minutes to go in the half or four minutes to go in the game or, or where you need to be, you're at the bonus with 10 minutes to go. And then, uh, that, that became just such a big issue with us. So certainly the free throw line, we've got to do a, a better job uh, with Perez. He's a difficult guy. We tried some doubles, you know, rotating off him with some doubles uh, that we had got it out of his hands, but they made a couple shots on the other side of it. So again, that was a one day prep for us. So are any of, a, of those kind of doubles with him were, were done the day before practice and during walkthrough. So uh uh, we got to do a, a better job and we, we got to step up and make some free throws in the game. And, and um, I thought their pressure kind of bothered us, took us out of our spots. Uh, that, that's been something all year that, that has affected us when guards really get up into our guards. We've got to catch it where we need to catch it. And uh, so there's a lot of things. But mostly, as you said, Bob, the free throw line was just uh, just the difference in the game. Supreme, let's uh, bring it back to you for a few minutes again. It was almost a year to the day that we spoke to you on this podcast uh, about how your freshman year was going, and we got into a lot of your background and 
and what brought you to Fairfield. Now let's uh, bring it up to, uh, to date. Uh, how have uh, you changed as a player and as a person in the years since we spoke to you last on this podcast and you've kind of become more entrenched as a Fairfield stack? Uh, I'd, I'd say I've become more of a learner uh, in my past year. Uh, freshman year, I my first year playing basketball at a, at a such high level, I knew during the offseason and yeah, during the offseason, I just have to become a, a great learner in order to become a better player. And that's what I think I'm, like, improving on the most. Uh, yeah. You, um, you came into this season, according to um, your coach, as maybe having made the best improvement uh, of all the players in, in the offseason. He was – coach talked to us back in September and October about – the kind of improvements you made uh, during the offseason. So I'd be curious as to what were your personal points of emphasis uh, last summer and in the fall and the kinds of things you worked on and, and the things you're going to continue to try to work on on your own as your, uh, as your career moves along here. Uh, on my own, I, I kind of touched on it earlier. I, I need to really improve on ball screen coverage. Uh, so during the offseason, I'm going to have to learn so much more about that and become better at that. Uh, offensively, I have to work on playing in the post a little bit more, learning when, how to read doubles, all that stuff. But I'm really trying to focus on being a better defender uh, in the post and on ball screen coverages. And I'm pretty sure during the summer uh, I, can, I can improve. Hate to harp on free throw shooting. You you've actually improved statistically. Um, you you know you're, you're I think you're freshman. I've got it down here. Fifty eight percent from the line as a freshman. Sixty two percent this year. Instead of harping on it, what, let me ask you about just a goal. What how how what kind of a number can you hit as a free throw shooter if you get the kind of fruits you want from uh, the labors of working on the line? I want to be a high. High 80s, maybe 90s, low 90s uh, free throw shooter. Um, I know that's something I can do, and I know I'm going to have to work for that. But I feel as though that's a that's going to be very important to my to my progression as a player. Uh, it makes sense because uh, nobody gets to the line uh, more than you do, Supreme. And I think uh, I just detected a smile on Coach's face when he heard you say high 80s and the 90s. That would be a uh, very welcome development. Now, you're already a great rebounder. Uh, and in fact, Coach, before you played a game as a stag, said that uh, you have the potential in his eyes to be the best rebounder in the MAC. You're the third best rebounder right now. So uh, how, how long before you uh, hit that ceiling and uh, we see that number one next to the rebounding category and Supreme Cook's name next to it? Uh. In my opinion, it's going to be very soon. Uh, next year, I think I have the potential to be the, the best rebounder in the MAC. Supreme, uh, if you hit high 80s or low 90s, they're not going to foul you anymore. So, But I, <laughs> I hope you get to that point. Um, I, I'm just curious, you know, with the mulligan from last year, you know, you're going to get a fifth year. Like, how does that measure into your improvement like your thoughts like you knew you know that you have another year is that that's a you view that as a positive 
Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I definitely view it as a positive, but I can't think that, uh, oh, I have an extra year. Like I have time to sit back, you know, God forbid anything can happen and that I might not be able to play. So I'm just trying to make sure I become better every day and not take anything for granted because I don't, I don't know what the future holds. You know, uh, the extra year granted to uh, Taj Benning and Jesus Cruz, and you also have Caleb Green around. These are guys who are uh, a great leader. So you're a sophomore now, and I'd like to know the lessons you've learned from those guys and uh, how you may uh, eventually incorporate it into your own personality in terms of uh, how you can give back as you become more of a leader on this team. What did you learn from those guys? Yeah, be, being around them, playing with them, I've definitely learned a lot. But the most important thing I've learned from all three of them is that if you want to be a better basketball player and have a have a, a like a high ceiling play at a high level, you have to you have to know the details on defense, on offense. You just you just have to know. Um, Caleb, very smart kid. I'm always around him. Uh, you can tell like that his like his intellect uh, like makes him a better basketball player. And it's like it's evident in how he plays. And I feel as though if I want to become a, a better player, I'm definitely going to have to improve my learning, I should say. Well, it's well known that Caleb is the, the best student on uh, the Fairfield basketball team. Uh, a little birdie told me you might be uh, second to Caleb uh, in, in that regard. And, uh, you're a uh, you're a computer software engineering major, and uh, you know that's uh, <laughs> that's that that's a pretty that's an impressive major, and it obviously speaks to your desire to be uh, you know strong academically. And I know that you know, one of the reasons you came to Fairfield was because of its academics reputation. Who who instilled that in you? Um, you know, somewhere along the line, somebody had to make it clear to you that. Um, academics was as important as as the athletic aspect of it uh, who in your life uh, gave you that inspiration uh definitely my mom I should I should say yeah definitely my mom uh from a young age my mom always like told me like you have to do good in school like she always I wouldn't say she forced it on me but she made a, a strong push for me to be uh, a great uh, great student and I'm pretty sure that carry on into uh, how and into college uh another person would be my aau coach uh he definitely uh, looked out for me in terms of uh academics he always tried to help gave me advice so i think those two people made me uh think about my a uh, potential future outside of basketball if it doesn't go the way i want to go uh yeah and your your mom's first name and your aau coach's name uh, my mom, Keisha Cook, and my dad is a – not my dad, my AU coach, Anthony Carter, uh, uh, head coach, uh, the Roadrunners that I played with. Well, props to them for sure. And uh, how is the uh, – how, how are the studies going? How is that computer uh, software engineering uh, course study and curriculum working out for you? It's going great. Uh, I'm really having uh, fun with my classes. I know a lot of students can't say that, but I'm having fun with uh, all the projects and stuff that we're doing, and it's been very interesting so far. Other than basketball, and certainly uh, professional basketball, 
not to get too far ahead here, probably would be part of your future. But uh, what do you see yourself doing professionally along with uh, your, your chosen field here? Uh, professionally outside of basketball, hopefully yes. I can yeah. um, get into making applications for, uh, for probably, hmm, I don't have like a desired uh, like type of application I want to get into, but I want to become like a software engineer for probably like a huge company, probably like Microsoft, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're certainly going to have marketable skills all around and um, you'll have, uh, of course, uh, a great both athletic and academic uh, resume based on your time at Fairfield. And I was curious about your routine at Fairfield. Uh, what is it like? What is your typical day like? I usually get to practice uh, an hour before, uh, you know, go through practice, go through lift, and I have class immediately after, so I try to hurry up and get to class. After class, I usually uh, I usually go get something to eat, then I do my homework, and then I usually work on my, my labs or my milestones for my classes throughout the night so I can get that done and for other classes. And then I'm probably going to bed at probably like around 9, 9.30. So I get ready for practice in the morning. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I wish I could get in that kind of a night's sleep. That, uh, that is, I envy you in that regard. I also envy your, uh, your ability to stick to that schedule, obviously, uh, as well as you do. And with basketball, other than the games, just speaking mm-hmm. specifically about basketball, what are your favorite things about the uh, – the, uh, the season's routine? Um, a fav- my favorite part would have to be probably the, the activities we do outside of basketball. You know, we all go out to dinner. We all, like, go bowling or something like that. Those have been really fun, and I think it uh, helps us all bring, like, bring us together. Which is, which is probably when you uh, look back at this 20 20- – 30 years from now, obviously, those are the things that, that uh, most count. The, uh, the, the memories based on that fraternal aspect of uh, your Fairfield experience. Um, one of your teammates, Chris Mido, uh, took a nice shot the other day in that Iona game, uh, Coach. Uh, what is the injury status of Chris? Uh, he came out of that game in the first half after getting hit in the head with that. looked like an inadvertent elbow, but uh, why don't you tell us exactly what happened there and where Chris is at today? Yeah, he took a pretty good shot. I didn't see it uh, live. I watched it on tape afterwards. He went uh, kind of helmet to helmet with one of the guys on uh, Iona and uh, was pretty swollen, had, was having trouble opening his eye. He had a uh, slight scratch of, of the cornea. He practiced today. So um, he's, you know, saw a doctor yesterday. They ruled out a concussion, um, gave him some drops and some stuff, and he's felt much better this morning. And again, we did non-contact today. So uh, he was able to go today and we're expecting him by, uh, you know, to be, to be ready by Sunday. That's good news. And um, Joe touched upon this earlier, you know, Jan Leash's game is uh, rounding into form as he physically also rounds into form. How much of a factor can Jalen be for you as uh, you play these uh, three plus games still to go? So last year, he's, you know, the, the one thing that the injury did, he didn't, you know, do much. Uh, conditioning and he put on some weight and he's stronger up top and uh, that's helped him a little bit. So uh, 
you know, he's, he's not certainly at a hundred percent. He's took a, almost a year off and he's getting back into shape, but, but uh, you know, hopefully he's uh, every, with every game he's progressing and, and more ready to help us. Hey, it's, it's, it's so wild how, how fast the season goes. Um, and it seems like not too long ago, we were shaking our head about Caleb's performance. He was struggling. Is it me or has he been really, really good? Really, really consistent. Yeah, he's been great. He's been great all year. He's, uh, you know, he's been so consistent, so trustworthy. Um, I mean, he's got the great assist to turnover ratio. Uh, he's shooting the three better. He's he's really uh, he's really in a good place and um, been playing very very well. Coming up, uh, you got Manhattan on Sunday, and then on Thursday, um, I believe it's March. Yeah, March the third. That is. Um, the senior send off instead of the cardboard cutouts, getting to witness this uh, proper send off for uh, Taj Benning and uh, Jesus Cruz. Um, uh, bring me up to speed, Coach Caleb Green. His status uh, is, is he is, is he out of eligibility? I lose track sometimes. I should no, know he, it, but I, really, yeah, yeah. He and Chef uh, both have an extra year. Okay. Uh, we're going to honor those two uh, on senior night too, just because of, you know, we want to make sure that uh, whatever the decision is that we have a chance to recognize them. So those two will be honored as well. And then after the season, we'll sit down with both of those guys and kind of figure out what path is next for them um, and, uh, you know, handle it like that. But, but both those guys will be there with their families and, and certainly should be recognized. Uh, loaded question. It's your final game at Webster Bank Arena, at least I uh, knock on wood and hope it is. Uh, your thoughts on uh, your final game uh, at Webster Bank? Uh, maybe not as much sentiment involved here as there was when you said Solondo Alumni Hall, huh? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, I, I appreciate everybody's efforts at Webster Bank Arena, and it was a good home for us for a year, and I will be uh, as happy as any coach in the country to be on campus next year. That's for sure. That, that, I, that part I can tell you. Supreme, uh, I, I won't ask you about Webster Bank Arena. I will ask you the, uh, this is the softball question. How much are you, and if you can speak for your teammates, how much are you all looking forward to uh, the Athletic and Convocation Center opening uh, next November? It is now, uh, it's now within your sights. Uh, yeah, uh, I think we're all, uh, grateful that we had the the chance to play at Webster Bank Arena, but I also think we're all looking forward to playing at the the new Convocation Center. Um, you know, walking past it every day, getting to watching it uh, being rebuilt, it you know get you excited to playing there. And I think we're all really looking forward to it. But it's not like we don't want to play at Webster Bank Arena. Uh, grateful we had that chance to play there, but you know <laughs> we want to play in that arena. That is a that is a great answer. If you don't, if the computer software thing doesn't work out, you have a great great future as a politician, Supreme. <laughs> Supreme, I, I I want you one day. Um, well, we don't have many days left, but if you ever get hurt and you can't play, sit where Bob and I sit for the forty minutes of the game, and then tell us how you feel. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe being impolitic there. <laughs> In other words. You, you get to stay warm. I, uh, Joe has uh, a little trouble keeping the feet warm there in Webster Bank Arena. But we've had great moments in there. And, you know, we've been in there, 
Joe and I going back to when the, the arena first opened. So uh, in all seriousness, there have been some good moments for Fairfield basketball in Webster Bank, but we're all obviously looking forward to uh, the new era that begins in November. Supreme, uh, I say this to all of our Fairfield player guests, uh, you're all very impressive and uh, you certainly are. And uh, the best part about it is we're going to get to enjoy you for at least a couple of more years. Continued success with uh, your Fairfield career, which has already been going very well. Uh, best of luck as you take it to new heights. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Joe, any final words from you as always? No, no, we're good. Just good luck the rest of the way. Make another run in the playoffs. All right. And uh, that'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. Next up, the Stags play in Manhattan on Sunday. And the home finale is against Ryder on Thursday, March 3rd. And the Stags finish at St. Peter's. And it is on to Atlantic City and the MAC tournament. We will drop our next podcast in the days leading up to the tournament. Coach, as always, thanks for the time that you always give us. Very gracious with that. Thank you. And again, special thanks to Supreme Cook for being with us today. And for Jay Young and the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, I'm Bob Huesler. Thanks, as always, for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.